Hare Krishna, dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Um, forgive me for not reading yesterday when one, one day off. I needed one day off uh, for the health, for my healing purposes. <clears throat> um, we hope you're all welcome. Uh, I mean, well, welcome, well, excuse me, and, and happy and safe uh, and we're such relief to be back with you to read the Krishna book but before we do we're going to recite the Srimad Bhagavatam Ima Sotram by Srila Sanatana Goswami his beautiful glorification of the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, especially uh, Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan goes like this sarva shastabdipi yusha sarva vedaika satpala sarva siddhanta ratnaja sarva lokaika drikprada O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mind of the precious gems of all conclusive truths you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kalidvandodita Aditya, Sri Krishna Parivartita. O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master, Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya. Prema Barshak Shadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who were supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadanga Mad Bhagya Mad Anandanamastute My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu Sadhuta Dayin Adini Chuchatakara O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So Krishna has dealt with Kaliya serpent. Now we've reached chapter 17, Extinguishing the Forest Fire. King Prikshit, after hearing of the chastisement of Kaliya, inquired from Shukadeva Goswami as to why Kaliya left his beautiful land and why Garuda was so antagonistic to him. Shukadeva Goswami informed the king that the island known as Nagalaya was inhabited by serpents and that Kaliya was one of the chief serpents there. Being accustomed to eating snakes, Garuda used to come to this island and kill many serpents at will. Some of them he actually ate, but some were unnecessarily killed. The reptile society became so disturbed that their leader, Vasuki, appealed to Lord Brahma for protection. Lord Brahma made an arrangement by which Garuda would not create a disturbance 
On each half moon day, the reptile community would offer a serpent to Garuda. The serpent was to be kept underneath a tree as a sacrificial offering to Garuda. Garuda was satisfied <clears throat> with this offering and therefore he did not disturb any other serpents. But gradually, Kaliya took advantage of this situation. He was unnecessarily puffed up by the volume of his accumulated poison as well as by his material power. And he thought, why should Garuda be offered this sacrifice? He then ceased offering any sacrifice. Instead, he himself ate the offering. <laughs> nice friend of the snakes, right? Intended for Garuda. When Garuda, the great devotee carrier of Vishnu, understood that Kaliya was eating the offered sacrifices, he became very angry and rushed to the island to kill the offensive serpent. Kaliya tried to fight Garuda and faced him with his many hoods and poisonous sharp teeth. Kaliya attempted to bite him, and Garuda, the son of Tarksha, in great anger and with great force, befitting the carrier of Lord Vishnu, struck the body of Kaliya with his effulgent golden wings. Kaliya, who was known as Kadrasuta, son of Kadru, immediately fled to the lake known as Kaliya Radha, which lay within the Yamuna River and which, <clears throat> and which Garuda could not approach. Kaliya took shelter within the water of the Yamuna for the following reason. Just as Garuda went to the island of the Kaliya snake, he also used to go to the Yamuna to catch fish to eat. There was, however, a great yogi known as Surabi, Surabi, Surabi Muni, who used to meditate within the water there and who was sympathetic with the fish. He asked Garuda not to come there and disturb the fish, although Garuda was not under anyone's order, being the carrier of Lord Vishnu. He did not disobey the order of the great yogi. Instead of staying and eating many fish, he carried off one big fish, <laughs> who was their leader. Surabhimuni was sorry that one of the leaders of the fish was taken away by Garuda, and thinking of their protection, he cursed Garuda with the following words, Henceforward, from this day, if Garuda comes here to catch fish, then I say this with all my strength, he will, immediate, he will be immediately killed. This curse was known only to Kaliya. Kaliya was therefore confident that Garuda would not be able to come there. And so he thought it wise to take shelter of the lake within the Yamuna. But Kaliya's taking shelter of Sarbimuni was not successful. He was driven away by the Yamuna, from the Yamuna by Krishna, the master of Garuda. It may be noted that Garuda is directly related to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and is so powerful that he is never subject to anyone's order or curse. Actually, the cursing of Garuda, who is stated in Srimad Bhagavatam to be of the stature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan, was an offense on the part of Sorbhavuni. Although Garuda did not try to retaliate, the Muni was not saved from his offensive act against the great Vaishnava personality. Due to this offense, Sarabhi fell down from his yogic position and afterwards became a householder, a sense enjoyer in the material world. The fall down of Sarabhi Muni, who was supposed to be absorbed in spiritual bliss by meditation, is an instruction to the offender of Vaishnavas. When Krishna finally came out of, out of Kaliya's lake, he was seen by all his friends and relatives on the bank of the Yamuna. He appeared before them nicely decorated 
smeared all over with chandan pulp, bedecked with valuable jewels and stones, and almost completely covered with gold. The inhabitants of Vrindavan, including the cowherd boys and men, the gopis, Madhya Shoda, Maharaj Nanda, and all the cows and calves saw Krishna coming from the Yamuna, and it was as though they had recovered their very life. When a person regains his life, naturally he becomes absorbed in pleasure and joyfulness. They each in turn pressed Krishna to their chests, and thus they felt a great relief. Madhya Rohini, Maharaj Nanda, and the cowherd men became so happy that as they embraced Krishna, they thought they had achieved their ultimate goal of life. Balarama also embraced Krishna, but he was laughing because when everyone else had been so overwhelmed with anxiety, he had known what would happen to Krishna. All the trees on the bank of the Yamuna, along with all the cows, bulls and calves, were full of pleasure because of Krishna's appearance there. The Brahmana inhabitants of Vrindavan immediately came with their wives to congratulate Krishna and his family members. And because Brahmanas are considered to be the spiritual masters of society, they offered their blessings to Krishna and his family on account of Krishna's release. They also asked Maharaj Nanda to give them some charity on that occasion. Being so pleased by Krishna's return, Maharaj Nanda gave many cows and much gold in charity to the Brahmanas. While Nanda Maharaj was thus engaged, Madhya Shoda simply embraced Krishna and made him sit on her lap while she shed tears continuously. Since it was all, almost night and all the inhabitants of Vrindavan, including the cows and calves, were very tired, they decided to take their rest on the riverbank. In the middle of the night, while they were taking rest, <clears throat> in the middle of the night, while, the, while they were taking rest, there was suddenly a great forest fire and it quickly appeared that the fire would soon devour all the inhabitants of Vrindavan. As soon as they felt the warmth of the fire, they immediately took shelter of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, although he was playing just like their child. They began to say, Our dear Krishna, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, our dear Balarama, reservoir of all strength, please try to save us from this all-devouring and devastating fire. We have no, no shelter other than you. This devastating fire will swallow us all. Thus they prayed to Krishna, saying that they could not take any shelter other than his lotus feet. Lord Krishna, being compassionate, upon his own townspeople, immediately swallowed up the whole forest fire and saved them. This was not impossible for Krishna because he is unlimited. He has unlimited power to do anything he desires. Thus in the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 17th chapter of Krishna extinguishing the forest fire. Jai Kuruda Ki Jai Sarvabhuni Ki Jai Kaliya Boo Hare Krishna The fort swallowing the forest fire by Krishna Ki Jai The resident of Vrindavan Ki Jai Completely dependent on Krishna Now before I started to read tonight I thought I'm going to read one chapter a day instead of two because the last few times we read two chapters it was too much and I got to bed too late and it's disrupted my uh, sleeping pattern, which I'm trying to get right because I'm healing still. So, But tonight it's so short, I'm going to go on to the next chapter. Uh, chapter 18, Killing the Demon Pralambasura. 
after extinguishing the de devastating fire, Krishna, surrounded by his relatives, friends, cows, calves, and bulls, glorified by his and glorified by his friends, singing, again entered Vrindavan, which is always full of cows. While Krishna and Balaram were enjoying life in Vrindavan, in the midst of the cowherd boys and girls, the season gradually changed to summer. The summer season in India is not very much welcomed because of the excessive heat. But in Vrindavan everyone was pleased because summer there appeared just like spring. This was possible only because Lord Krishna and Lord Balarama, who were the controllers even of Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, were residing there. In Vrindavan there are many falls which are always pouring water, and the sound is so sweet that it covers the sound of the crickets. And because water flows all over, the forest always looks very green and beautiful. The inhabitants of Vrindavan were never disturbed by the scorching heat of the sun or the high summer temperatures. The lakes of Vrindavan are surrounded by green grasses and various kinds of lotus flowers bloom there, such as the Kalara, Kanja and Utpala. And the air blowing in Vrindavan carries the aromatic pollen of those lotus flowers. When the particles of water from the waves of the Yamuna, the lakes and the waterfalls, touched the bodies of the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they automatically felt a cooling effect. Therefore, they were practically undisturbed by the summer season. Vrindavan is such a nice place. Flowers are always blooming, and there, and there even various kinds of Flowers are always blooming, and there are even various kinds of decorated deer. Birds are chirping, peacocks are crowing and dancing, and bees are humming. The cuckoos there sing nicely in five kinds of tunes. Krishna, the reservoir of pleasure, blowing his flute, accompanied by his elder brother Balarama, and the other cowherd boys and the cows, entered the beautiful forest of Vrindavan to enjoy the atmosphere. They walked into the midst of newly grown leaves of trees whose flowers resembled peacock feathers. They were garlanded by, garlanded by those flowers and decorated with saffron chalk. Sometimes they were dancing and singing and sometimes wrestling with one another. While Krishna danced, some of the cowherd boys sang and others played on flutes. Some bugled on buffalo horns or clapped their hands, praising Krishna. Dear brother, you were dancing very nicely. Actually, all these boys were demigods descended from higher planets to assist Krishna in his pastimes. The demigods, garbed in the dress of the cowherd boys, were encouraging Krishna in his dancing, just as one artist encourages another with praise. Up to that time, neither Balarama nor Krishna had undergone the hair-cutting ceremony. Therefore, their hair was clustered like crow's feathers. They were always playing hide-and-seek with their boyfriends or jumping or fighting with them. Sometimes, while his friends were chanting and dancing, Krishna would praise them. My dear friends, you were dancing and singing very nicely. The boys played a catching ball with fruits such as bale and amalaka. They played blind man's bluff. Ah, blind man's buff. Should be blind man's bluff. Challenging and touching one another. Sometime they, sometimes they imitated the forest deer and various kinds of birds. They joked with one another by imitating croaking frogs.
Sometimes they imitated the forest deer and various kinds of birds. They joked with one another by imitating croaking frogs and they enjoyed swinging underneath the trees. Sometimes they would play amongst themselves like a king and his subjects. In this way, Balarama and Krishna, along with all their friends, played all kinds of sports and enjoyed the soothing atmosphere of Vrindavan, full of rivers, lakes, rivulets, fine trees, and excellent gardens filled with fruits and flowers. Once, while the boys were engaged in their transcendental pastimes, a great demon of the name Pralambasura entered their company, desiring to kidnap both Balarama and Krishna. Although Krishna was playing the part of a cowherd boy as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he could understand everything, <clears throat> past, present, and future. So when Pralambasura entered their company, Krishna began to think of how to kill the demon. But externally, he received, he received him as a friend. Oh, my dear friend, he said, it is very good that you have come to take part in our pastimes. <laughs> Krishna then called all his friends and ordered them, Now we shall play in pairs. We shall challenge one another in pairs. With this proposal, all the boys assembled together. Some of them took the side of Krishna and some of them took the side of Balarama and they arranged to play in duel. The defeated members in duel fighting had to carry the victorious members on their backs as a horse carries its master. They began playing and at the same time tended the cows as they proceeded through the Bandirvan forest. The party of Balarama accompanied by Sri Dhamma and Vrishabha came out victorious and Krishna's party had to carry them on their backs through the Bandiravana forest. The Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna, being defeated, had to carry Sri Dhamma on his back and Bhadrasena carried Rishabha. Imitating their play, Pralambasura, who appeared there as a cowherd boy, carried Balarama on his back. Pralambasura was the greatest of the demons and he had calculated that Krishna was the most powerful of the cowherd boys. In order to avoid the company of Krishna, Pralambasura carried Balarama far away. The demon was undoubtedly very strong and powerful, but he was carrying Balarama, who was compared to a mountain Therefore, he began to feel the burden and thus he assumed his real form. When he appeared in, in his real feature, he was decorated with a golden helmet and earrings and looked just like a cloud with lightning carrying the moon. Balarama observed the, the demon's bodily. Balarama observed the demon's body expanding up to the limits of the clouds, <clears throat> his eyes dazzling like blazing fire and his mouth flashing with sharp teeth. At first Balarama was surprised by the demon's appearance and he began to wonder, how is it that all of a sudden this carrier has changed in every way? But with a clear mind he could quickly understand that he was being carried away from his friends by a demon who intended to kill him. <clears throat> Immediately he struck the head of the demon with his strong fist, just as the king of the heavenly planets strikes a mountain with his thunderbolt. Stricken by the fist of Balarama, the demon fell down dead, just like a snake with a smashed head and blood poured from his mouth. When the demon fell, he made a tremendous sound, and it sounded as if a great hill was falling upon being struck by the thunderbolt of King Indra. 
all the boys then rushed to the spot. Astonished by the ghastly scene, they began to praise Balarama with the words, Well done! Well done! All of them then embraced Balarama with great affection, thinking that he had returned from death, and they offered their blessings and congratulations. All the demigods in the heavenly planets became very satisfied and showered flowers on the transcendental body of Balarama, and they also offered their blessings and congratulations for his having killed the great demon, Pralambasura. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 18th chapter of Krishna, killing the demon, Pralambasura. Jai Sri Balaramaji Ki Jai, the beautiful forests of Vrindavan Ki Jai, the transcendental cowherd boys in Krishna and Balaram playing in the, in the forest of Vrindavan Ki Jai. When or oh when will that day be ours? Hare Krishna. Moving right on to chapter 19, Devouring the Forest Fire. While Krishna and Balarama and their friends were engaged in the pastimes described above, the cows, being unobserved, began to wander off on their own, entering farther and farther into the deepest part of this forest, allured by fresh grasses. The goats, cows and buffalo traveled from one forest to another and entered the forest known as Ishikatavi. This forest was full of green grass and therefore they were allured. But when they entered, they saw that there was a forest fire and they began to cry. On the other side, Balarama and Krishna, along with their friends, could not find their animals and they be became very much grieved. They began to trace the cows by following their footprints as well as the path of eaten grass. All of the boys were fearing that the very means of livelihood, the cows, were now lost. When searching out the cows in the forest, they themselves became very tired and thirsty. Soon, however, they heard the crying of their cows. Then with a resounding voice, Krishna began to call the cows by the respective names. Upon hearing Krishna calling, the cows immediately replied with joy. But by this time, the forest fire had surrounded all of them and the situated, situation appeared to be very fearful. The flames increased as the wind blew very quickly and it appeared that everything moving and non-moving would be devoured. All the cows and boys became very frightened and they looked toward Balaram and Krishna the way a dying man looks at the picture of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They said, Dear Krishna, Dear Krishna, you and Balarama are very powerful. We are now burning from the heat of this blazing fire. Let us take shelter of your lotus feet. We know you can protect us from this great danger. Our dear friend Krishna, we are your intimate friends. It is not right that we should suffer in this way. We are all completely dependent on, on you and you are the knower of all religious life. We do not know anyone except you. The Personality of Godhead heard the appealing words of his friends and casting a pleasing glance over them he began to answer. By speaking through his eyes, he impressed upon his friends that there was no cause for fear, and he assured them, Don't worry. Then Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supreme Mystic, excuse me, the Supreme Mystic, the powerful Personality of Godhead, immediately swallowed up all the flames of the fire. The boys and cows were thus saved from imminent de danger. 
out of fear. The boys were almost unconscious. But when they regained their consciousness and opened their eyes, they saw that they were again in the Bandhira forest with Krishna, Balarama and the cows. They were astonished to see that they were completely free from the attack of the blazing fire and that the cows were saved. They secretly thought that Krishna must not must be not an ordinary boy, but some demigod. <laughs> In the evening, Krishna and Balarama, along with the boys and cows, returned to Vrindavan, playing their flutes. As they approached the village, all the gopis became very joyous. Throughout the day, the gopis used to think of Krishna while he was in the forest. And in his absence, they were considering one mo moment to be like twelve years. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 19th chapter of Krishna devouring the forest fire. Jai Sri Krishna Balaram, coward boys, ki jai, Mindavandam ki jai. Gore Premanandi Hari Hari Bo Alrighty I think we'll stop here because the description of, of autumn is the next and it's a very long chapter So <laughs> It's not that there aren't it's not that there aren't when Krishna and Balaram come to play in the material world it's not that they don't experience dangers and difficulties but there's no fear and anxiety because Krishna is there and he always protects his devotees and we are in the same situation this material world is like a blazing forest fire and now the whole world has been turned upside down by one little virus or maybe some vi variants also now is coming so we're, it's, we're in a dangerous position. It's hard to, to, to feel like we need shelter and protection when things are going well. But something's always going wrong in this material mm -hmm. world. But the devotees do not feel an anxiety because they're always taking shelter of Krishna and Krishna is always protecting them. So we want to live free from fear and anxiety and be happy in this world. We must take full Krishna, full shelter of Krishna. This is the, the basic lesson of the philosophy of Krishna consciousness. Okay, Hare Krishna, we'll stop here. From Gopakanya Devidasi. Gopakanya Devidasi, Hare Krishna. Jai Maharaj Hare Krishna. Blessed to have you back or glorious to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Haribo, blessed to be back. From Krishna Premavati Devidasi. Dandavat Pranams, dear Maharaj Hare Krishna, dear Vaishnavas. Happy Krishna book reading hour. Rati Manjari, said Jagri <coughs> Maharaj. Jai Rati. From Lakshmi Mataji. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila and all glories to your daily readings. Oh, Shai. Thank you, Raja Lakshmi. Thank you. Sudevi Dasi Mataji. Hare Krishna Maharaj. From Noel Kriver. Bhakti Noel Thea. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, please accept. My humble obeisances. It is so nice to listen to these glorious pastimes. I'm relating to I'm relating the first fire in chapter seventeen to us living in the material world and the calamities and challenges we undergo. I'm again reminded we are dependent on Krishna and his mercy. I appreciate it when you read we have no shelter other than you. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada, all glories to Sri Krishna and the Krishna book. Ananda Murti Devi Dasi Hare Krishna Ananda Murti Jai Shri Ki Jai Krishna Balaram Ki Jai Gurudev Ki Jai Hare Krishna 
from Bakhtin Noel. Dear Maharaj, I also always like when we hear the seagulls while you read. Is that what we are hearing? That's what you're hearing. <laughs> I mean, it looked nice, but they're, I think they should rename them sea crows because, you know, they're scavengers and they're really characters. They're real characters. Anyway, Hare Krishna. And their call is not sweet. It's more like a crow's call, you know. Hare Krishna. From Bhaktarupa. Maybe that's just because we're familiar, we're too familiar with them because maybe to others they seem very sweet. Anyway, Hare Krishna. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> From Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Prabhupada paints these scenes with his words. Everything sounds so vibrant and alive and exciting. Yes, Great. and I was also thinking while I was reading today how beautifully simple Prabhupada's translations in writing is. Mm -hmm. It's so beautifully simple, it's easy to digest. It's easy to visualize what's going on. This is the secret of realization, hmm. you know, because sometimes great philosophers, they, they speak flowery words and they, they sound very intelligent and they, I don't know, they, it's hard. When, we, when I was young, there was a philosopher named... Uh, Oh man, I can't forget. I can't remember his name offhand. Anyway, he was very famous, a big speculator, and in those days, the philosophy was, if someone spoke in such a way that you couldn't understand them, then they must be very advanced, and you should study them. So anyway, one day he came to UCLA, where I was attending university, and we went to see him at the end at the program. And afterwards, sure enough, I couldn't understand a word he was saying. And he invited anybody who was interested to ask questions and talk mm. to go back to the green room where they were preparing. So he went back there, and he was talking. I still couldn't understand a word he said. Remember his name? Yeah, Krishnamurti. No, 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 no. And all of a sudden, he pulled out of his jacket pocket a flask, and he started drinking you know, liquor. And within, I don't know, 20 minutes, he was like slurring his words. And didn't. And then finally, I understood that when a person, you can't understand what a person's saying, it means they're tricking you. It means they don't really know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And Prabhupada explained to us that if you're actually talking to a learned person, when they talk to you, you will understand things more clearly. Not that you won't understand them. So this is again, a part of the forest fire of this material world, that even sincere people are looking, you know, s seriously for, you know, the truth or some, something of value, something of worth. And there are these cheaters. Because people, they want to be cheated. They don't want to take the trouble, the time, mm -hmm. to understand. So, yeah, it's a dangerous place, this world. And those kinds of dangers are uh, increasing geometrically or, or exponentially but rather the number of books that are published every year in the libraries are just bulging with books of speculative reasoning that do nothing but confuse and uh, underestimate or overestimate uh, people's positions the mental platform is like that it, it convinces us that things are better than they are or that they're worse than they are. And therefore, we're always bouncing back and forth between thinking things are too or very good and being elated or very bad and being depressed. The philosophy of Krishna consciousness, the pastimes of Krishna are so sweet and so simple and so pure and Srila Prabhupada's explanations are so clear that we can actually visualize the spiritual world while we're reading. Completely transcendental. Hare Krishna.
that's back to Arupa probably that's the other part of his message back to Arupa is continuing I didn't finish here he said feel very lucky to get to look straight into the spiritual world through the perfectly transparent window of Srila Prabhupada's books yes all glories to Srila Prabhupada yes all glories to Prabhupada from Goranga Gopal Prabhu Agrishna Maharaj thank you for uh, giving Hanibold, us Gopal. our daily dose of Krishna Kata mm. I just wondered whether these pastimes are still happening in Boma Vrindavan and that we only need <coughs> to be given the eyes to see them or did they only happen once on this earth 5000 years ago thank you Maharaj they're happening in, Vrindavan, in Boma Vrindavan constantly And at the same time, when they finish in the, this is called aprakat. The spiritual world is aprakat. It is unmanifest. It means it can't be seen by the physical eyes, by the physical perceived by the physical senses. Hmm. But in its aprakat form, it goes on eternally in that place. And it simultaneously the prakat feature, the external feature, is a road, it's like a traveling roadshow. It goes from one universe to another to another. Whenever one pastime is finishing, it's starting up in the next universe. It's like the sun. The sun is traveling, and here it's one one o'clock in the morning, and next place it's one o'clock in the morning, and next place it's one o'clock in the morning. So there's always one o'clock in the morning. is always going on. Mm. So Krishna's pastimes are always going on eternally in this material world and in the spiritual world. But the prakat lela, the external pastimes, yes, they move from one, one universe to another. So both things are true at the same time. Hare Krishna. Anandamuti, David Asim. Yes, Marge, I'm suffering with my demoniac nature, laziness, fearness, etc. But is on but is only my hope for hearing these beautiful pastimes from you. Hare Krishna, well not just from me, you can read them out loud yourself also. And you know, when you get like that, if you sit down and actually read out loud to yourself and you hear the truth coming from your own mouth into your own ear, it's magic. It helps the mind become pacified. Huh? Just by hearing your own voice, hearing the, the absolute truth going into your own ear. It's magic. Try it. Hare Krishna. Back to Noel said, I knew you were going to say that about the seagulls. <laughs> Anybody who's lived right next to the ocean and exactly lived with the seagulls, they know what we're talking about. Uh -huh. They're scavengers. They come and take food right out of your hand. Mm. Yeah. Oh, back to Rupapuri, if Alan, Alan Watts. And I don't mean Alan Watts, that's yeah, it. Thank yeah. you, Bhakti <laughs> Rupa. Thank you, Bhakti that was what. That's it, Alan Watts. Thank you. And when I say taken out of the hand, I don't mean that you come and hold it and they feed them like they feed the pigeons. They come right swooping down. <laughs> they do that with children and scare the daylights out of the children sometimes, <laughs> the seagulls. Krishna Premavati Devidasi said Srila Prabhupada's books are the best or glorious to Srila Prabhupada. Yes, absolutely. His books are the best. And if we put them in the center of our lives, if we put them in the center of the movement, that's not to mean not to say that we can't appreciate the devotees that are writing. Prabhupada wanted all of us to write. But still his books are the foundation. Huh? They're the they're the the foundation that the whole movement's resting on. Faith in his books. And anything that you hear that, that, that relativizes these books should be rejected, those ideas, those thoughts. Because the whole movement is actually resting on faith in Prabhupada's books. Hmm. And we're reading, what I'm reading is always with the, the latest polish edits that are being made to correct mistakes or correct grammatical mistakes or whatever sentences that need to be you know put into to proper order to make them more clear so Prabhupada empowered his editors you know and 
he wanted his books to be perfect I can read to you something this is the truth the fact um, just give me a minute I have to find it yes this is a quote from Prabhupada he said it is not that we may present anything crude translation and that is acceptable no even though the transcendental subject matter of Vedic literature is still spiritually potent despite the crudest translation still because we have got facility to make it perfect that is our philosophy I had not the facility so you may notice grammatical discrepancies that's 1972 and again he said it is not our philosophy to print errors of course our spiritual subject matter is transcendental and therefore it remains potent despite mistakes in grammar spelling etc but this type of translation may only be allowed if there is no other way to correct it then it is alright but if you know the correct order then you must make it perfect that is our philosophy everything perfect for Krishna and there's another letter that he wrote to Hayagriva in which he gave permission to uh, to edit for phrasing for force and clarity so these are all instructions that came to Prabhupada and as his editors the ones that were actually advanced in Krishna consciousness became better and better and better the books became better and better and better still Prabhupada and anybody who's hearing these readings of Krishna book and on the, all the other books that we've been reading with the latest uh, polish uh, being put on by the, by the BBT editors you can hear Prabhupada even more and more clear clearly very important point Hare Krishna Yes, it is the most beautiful place we can't even imagine. But it, like, like somebody else just said, it comes to life with Prabhupada's words. Gopakanya Devi Dasi said, Dear Maharaj, today is my Gurudev's 45th, 44th sannyas anniversary Sri Bhakti Charu Swami Maharaj he oh. used to say that this Prabhupada's purports are magnified purified and simplified for Kali Yuga Chivas yes completely empowered Prabhupada is completely empowered Jivas to understand and go back home, back to Godhead, just by reading and hearing. Yes. And that is not just a euphemism. It's not just that we're Kali Yuga souls and therefore we need to just hear and chant. No. All through the Bhagavatam, all through the Bhagavatam, it describes how the hearing and chanting of Krishna's pastimes and Krishna's glories in the Gita and in the Bhagavatam are the supreme uh, hearing and chanting, the supreme process of becoming purified in Krishna consciousness everything is based on that mm. it's, it is pure devotional service sometimes we we, we, had, we have, us westerners especially we think service means activity doing something big doing this or that of course we do want to do something big <laughs> Prabhupada always thought big but the fact is that this hearing and chanting is service and it's the most important service because it keeps our minds absorbed in Krishna so that the other things that we do become transformed into pure devotional service mm -hmm. without this regular and proper uh, hearing of the Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and the other uh, letters but especially these books just see Vyasadeva he edited all the Vedas to make them more accessible to Kali Yuga souls he wrote 
Mahabharata, he wrote Vedanta Sutra to make things more clear for Kali Yuga souls. But still he wasn't completely satisfied. Therefore he, under the order of Nardabuni, he, he compiled the Srimad Bhagavatam, meditated, brought the Bhagavatam into the world. Then he became completely satisfied. Therefore, we can't feel completely satisfied unless we absorb ourselves in the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita especially and the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hare Krishna. Krishna Premavati Devidasi. Jai, Hare She's asking, what is the reference of what you read? What is the reference? Of what you just read. What you read. Because of what I read, these well, I don't have the exact. Uh, they're letters from Srila Prabhupada. Both of them were 1972, but the, the the document I'm reading it from it doesn't have purposefully. It doesn't have the the uh, names of the persons that the letters are written to. I'd have to look it up. It would take too much time. We don't have time to look it up now, but I just wanted to re write those, uh, read those letters because they're actually. Prabhupada's direct words. Ratimanjari said, the seagulls, they are like the monkeys in Vrindavan, yeah, only not transcendental. Perhaps... You know, hi, this is... <laughs> Hare Krishna. You have transcendental vision, Rati. Hare Krishna. Perhaps one of the reasons they are there is to disturb the so-called enjoyment of the visitors of the beach, Adipotika Klesha. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Krishna Premavati Devidasi said letters 1972. Thank you, Maharaj. Anyway, thank you all very much uh, for coming to hearing every day Shima, 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 uh, the, the Krishna book. It's the best book, it's the most wonderful book. It was conceived by Srila Prabhupada in the very beginning of his movement and gave it to us so that we would be secure and safe and happy in this material world. Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ki Jai. Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bo. So stay tuned tomorrow because we'll be back for sure. Same time, same place, same topic. The Summum Bonum, the cream of the Vedic literatures. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.